0: Thank you for being here. We are in chapter 11 of Zechariah. These first uh, four verses, Zechariah 11, 1 through 4, are uh, possibly a hinge between chapters 9 and 10 and then chapter 11. What takes place before these is going to be uh, the peace, prosperity of the kingdom age, uh, it's the judgment of the nations and Israel's, you know, they're winning battles, they're in the land, they're living in peace. But what comes after this, in beginning in verse 5 through the end of the chapter, we'll say verse 17, is going to be the Messiah who's going to come and be rejected. And then another shepherd, the false shepherd, is going to come. Uh, there's going to be shepherds addressed three times in these verses. Here the shepherds are mentioned and they're... They're mourning, they're quaking, they're losing their pasture land. Then there's going to be a true shepherd that's going to appear. Zechariah is going to act out part of it, and we've got to decide. Or There's several things to decide in this, and, and I, I'm not going to be able to be dogmatic about exactly what this is talking about, where it goes in history. So uh, we'll place it somewhere, but we, we may need to be flexible. But it appears that the Messiah is going to be portrayed by Zachariah. Now, if Zechariah is acting it out as a play like Ezekiel, that's not real clear. If he's actually going and getting a job as a shepherd, uh he's going to be hiring and firing and doing some work. Uh that could be or he's going to be just speaking. He's going to be speaking uh in in these verses uh 5 to the end of the chapter. Uh he's going to be speaking for God, but he's also going to be speaking as the Messiah or as Jesus in his ministry so he's definitely going to be receiving the word of god and, and and identifying what god is saying and then speaking as jesus going through the situation almost in a vision form of jesus ministry and then after this is done the last few verses are going to introduce the false shepherd that after the messiah is rejected the false shepherd appears and that of course would be the antichrist you're going to have the shepherds that are suffering in this verse and that would be the leaders, the leaders of uh, of J- Judah that were probably during the days of Jesus or leading up to that time where they sold the sheep to the foreign leaders. And then the Messiah is going to be addressed. And then the false shepherd is going to appear, or the Antichrist. Now, these verses before are going to, chapter 9 and 10, are going to be talking about the, the peace, the prosperity, the blessing that people have in the kingdom age, in the end, the eschatological age. But that kind of lays the foundation for uh, what's going to take place before you get to the age of the Messiah. You're going to get to the time of, uh, there's going to be this rejection of the Christ before you get to this. This is going to be chapter 9 and 10 are the positive, the good ending but this is kind of the, the verses that are going to be happening before you get to the good ending. Uh, so we're looking in chapter uh, 11. I'm going to read through the NIV first. You've got the English Standard Version on your notes. And these first four verses, chapter 11, verses 1 through 4, are either the end of chapter 10, or they're the beginning of chapter 11. I mean, they're, they're setting the stage. Or they're a hinge kind of connecting. There's there's going to be this prosperity and this blessing, but before the prosperity and blessing of the end times, there's going to be a time where everything's going to fall apart, and and it's going to be because of the rejection of the Messiah. So here we go, chapter eleven, verse one, two, three, and four in the NIV. Open your doors, O Lebanon, so that fire may devour your cedars. Wail, O pine tree. For the cedar has fallen, the stately trees are ruined. Whale oaks of Bashan or Bashan, the dense forest has been cut down. Listen to the wail of the shepherds, their rich pastures are destroyed. Listen to the roar of the lions. The lush thicket of the Jordan is ruined. Now, in that, you've got either you've got the, the actual literal description of a something taking place like the devastation of the land, or you've got metaphors or a combination. Uh, I've got this written down. Uh, Yes, point one. Uh, Chapter 11 is claimed to be the most difficult to explain in the book of Zechariah. Chapter 11, verses 4 through 17, has been identified as the most unknowable passage in the Old Testament. The problem comes between the figurative and the real, including these verses. Uh, Is the forest really burnt and destroyed? Are the shepherds wailing for the lost their lost fields, so are we really talking about burning now again, when we talk about the land, here's Galilee, you're going to have it says uh the Lebanon would be Phoenicia on on this along this shore right here. that's Galilee Jordan River going down this way this is this would be the land of Galilee uh, and then it says uh mentions Bashan, that would be over here. Kind of where we'd say the Decapolis is. We talk about in the in the Gospels. Uh, and then, of course, the Jordan running down the Jordan Valley. So this land, this land, and the Jordan Valley are are ruined. And the the shepherds are mourning because you're going to lose the forest. You're going to lose the, the, the... This is where the cattle graze. There's oak trees over on this, over Bashan. And then you're going to lose the Jordan Valley. All the nice land along the, the fertile Jordan Valley. Uh, And so that's the morning that's taking place there. But now, when we look at it again, if it's talking about an invasion, for example, possibly 70 A.D. of the Romans coming in and laying waste, which is probably, again, where I'm going to end up, because there's like 40 different explanations of these verses. When you go through commentaries, there's like, and and it's clear no one has it nailed down. And so I, I will make a presentation and it will kind of fit, but the thing is you could throw that away and make another presentation and, you know, tie it into the verses before, the chapters before or after. But it appears, when we're talking about the trees and the forest, we're talking about the leadership. Well, especially when we talk about the shepherds, and, and then the, obviously if they're shepherds, there's going to be the flocks. So shepherds and lions, uh, the shepherds are mourning because they've lost their, their fields. That could really be happening. But if this is an image, a metaphor, the shepherds would be the leaders, the governmental leaders, and they've lost their their connections. They've lost their their leadership. The lions would be another level of leadership, like the lions of the tribe of Judah. And the the sheep that are not mentioned here but assumed to be in here would be the people. They're going to be talked about later. They're going to be sold. They're going to be sold by the shepherds to the lions which could be the, the leaders of Israel selling the people to the Gentile leaderships for profit, which could even figure in to Rome because some of them were working along with Rome. The people of Jew, the Israelites are being used. Well, anyway, these, this apparently, verses 1 through 4, is the judgment that's going to come on this land because of what follows, and that is the rejection of the true shepherd. Because after these shepherds are wailing because everything's been lost, we're going to go into an account of the good shepherd that's going to come and the details that he's going to be rejected. And then after he's rejected, there's going to come a false shepherd. So in chapter 11, there's three shepherds. There's the shepherds of this devastation of the land of Lebanon, Bashan, and the Jordan Valley. Then there's going to be the good shepherd that's going to come, which apparently is Jesus, the Messiah, and you'll be able to make a judgment on that. But then there's going to be, after he's sold and rejected, there's going to be a, a false shepherd, which would be the Antichrist. So three shepherds. The shepherds that are enduring the devastation of the land because the true shepherd was rejected, but following him is going to be a false shepherd. Um, in the notes on the top of page 1, I already read the first point to you right there. Uh, is the forest really burnt and destroyed? Are the shepherds wailing for their lost fields? That could be, yes, true. Happened, you know, in 66 to 70 A.D. Again, this is being written sometime around 518, you know, up to 485 sometime in this time period here as Zachariah is recording it. Uh, and does the forest represent a very important point? And this is really, you, you have to accept this. That does the forest represent the temple, and are the shepherds the leaders of the people of Israel? Because I'm going to show you some verses if I get a chance. Uh, the temple and even the palace of David and Solomon they would get timber from the forest of Lebanon. Cedars from Lebanon would be floated down, and they would be drug into Jerusalem to be used for building. Both the temple and uh, the, the the palace were referred to as. The, the forest of Lebanon, because so much wood was there that they would actually refer to that. So this could be... And, and we've got the the writings of First and Second Kings. You've got the writings of Jeremiah. All attesting to the same thing. And, and Zechariah is writing, of course, after those things are written. So he's got the, the temple of Jerusalem and the palace in Jerusalem already referred to as the cedars of Lebanon. Uh, and so when they talk about this destruction... This all could be, the shepherds could be the leaders in Jerusalem. So they're really not even talking about this land. We're still talking about the same time period of Rome, but we're talking about the, the destruction of the temple, of, of uh, the second temple built by Herod. Uh, you're talking about the destruction of the leadership and the people all being prophesied. And that is because, verses 1 through 4, are because of what follows in verse 4, the rejection of the good shepherds. I'll read through that quickly. We're going to come back and and look at this in in more detail. Chapter 11, verse 4. After talking about Lebanon being on fire, the stately trees, the oaks of Bashan are destroyed, the rich pastures are destroyed, the the shepherds are mourning, uh, the the area of the thicket of the Jordan has been ruined, uh, all that devastation, verse 4. This is what the Lord, my God, says. Now, as I read through this, I don't want to stop and teach it because I want to come back and go through it in more detail. It becomes confusing, potentially, because Zechariah is hearing the Word of God, but then he's going to be acting out a part, either actually acting it out like a play, like Ezekiel did, a skit for the people, a prophetic skit, or he's going to, go out and actually engage society as a shepherd and get an actual job and hire and fire people as a shepherd. Or he's just simply hearing the word of God and proclaiming it and then hearing what the Messiah is going to say in response to the word of God and speaking it. Do you understand what I just said? He's going to be hearing God speak and he's going to be doing or saying what the Messiah is going to do and say. He may be just having a dialogue. Or he may be acting it out in a play or a skit. Or he may be actually taking the word of God and acting out in his life what the Messiah is going to do. That's It's not clear. You've got the words here. I should point this out as I stumble through this. Point two. Uh, know, where is it at? Oh. Yes, I already read this, but chapter eleven is claimed to be the most difficult passage, and verses fourteen through seventeen have been identified as the most unknowable passages in the Old Testament. Now, it's rare, you know rare when you say this is the most. You say, well, this is a confusing verse. This is not a clear verse. But when you look at the whole Old Testament, and a commentator can say these verses I'm going to begin reading are the most obscure. Now I, we can we can place them somewhere. But you, you, you're really on you know, subjective turf. You could pull them out and put them in over here. So here we go. This is what the Lord, my God, says, Zachariah writes. He says, Pasture the flock marked for slaughter. Their buyers slaughter them and go unpunished. Those who sell them say, Praise the Lord, I am rich. So there's the, the flock. They're being sold by their leadership to apparently foreign powers who are slaughtering them. The foreign powers take the sheep. The people that sold them are happy because, look, the Lord has blessed us. We sold our people into destruction. You see right there, you see the fourth generation right there, the middle class being destroyed by the elite. Uh, That's typical fourth generation, which matches 30 to 70 A.D. They were in the fourth generation. Their own shepherds do not spare them. For I will no longer have pity on the people of the land, declares the Lord. So now you've got this dual passage taking place. The, the, the shepherds of the people, or the shepherds of the sheep, are selling them to be slaughtered. But then God steps back and says, the reason I'm selling the people, or the sheep, is they've abandoned me. So he's going to blame the leadership of the people, and the people that are slaughtering the sheep, But the reason the sheep are even getting slaughtered is God is saying, they've rejected me, so I'm selling them off. Now, the people that are slaughtering are going to be judged. The people selling them are going to be judged. But the people themselves are being judged by God, if you understand the concept there. For I will no longer have pity on the people of the land. So now we know the sheep are people of Israel, or the land. Declares Yahweh. I will hand everyone over to his neighbor and his king, they will oppress the land and will, not re- and, and, and will not rescue them from their hands. Okay, that's what's going to take place. That's possibly the Roman invasion of 66 to 70 A.D. a result that's going to produce verses 1 through 4 the devastation of the land but it's because of verse 7. So I pastured the flock marked out for slaughter. Now you just read the word of God. Now Jared, Zachariah is pasturing the flock marked out for slaughter. These people that God says, I'm going to sell them, Zachariah says, okay, I'll become their shepherd. Now, is Zachariah actually shepherding sheep? He might be just acting it out. He may actually be hired to be a shepherd. Or he may be simply speaking the words of the Messiah and not doing anything except just proclaiming Jesus' words or attitude. Jesus coming to pasture the flock. That God is destined to destroy. So I pastured the flock marked for slaughter, particularly the oppressed of the flock. You see, that's what Jesus did. He went to those that were cast out, particularly trying to help them who had been rejected by the leadership being used by the elite. Jesus went to the low and needy, especially trying to help them see the light. Then I, particularly the oppressed of the flock. Then I took two staffs called Favor and Union, and I pastured the flock. We'll look at that. But Favor and Union, he's got them together, going to help hold the nation together. He's doing the best he can during his ministry. I pastured the flock. In one month, I got rid of three shepherds. Now, one month. what is one month? Is that Zachariah in one month firing the people that he's working with? because they're not doing a good job, they're sleeping on the job, eating the sheep, whatever, the commentators will say that's Jesus in his last month of his ministry, getting rid of the three shepherds. We'll go into this more detail next week, but it could be, you know, the priest, it could be the government, it could be uh, the scribes. I got rid of, you failed. You can see him getting rid of them during the last month, all those temple debates. You failed, you failed, you failed, and he got rid of the three shepherds, the three areas of leadership, the flock detested me. So he's cleaning house, and these are bad leadership, but the flock that was being led by this bad leadership, the flock themselves detested me. This is the rejection of the good shepherd. Zechariah's acting like the good shepherd. Now, it's hard to imagine Zechariah actually getting a job and acting this out, or doing this, as a fulfillment of what the Messiah's going to be, right here, when the flock detested him. I mean, the sheep are like, bah bah we're not going to follow you i mean they're like, like they got an attitude or something i mean that's clearly the people so again how far is he acting this out or is he just speaking the words that the messiah is going to have to deal with the flock detested me and i grew weary of them and says i will not be your shepherd now that's jesus in his final week i'm done there's not to be one stone left upon another i'm done being your shepherd and said, I will not be your shepherd. Let the dying die and the perishing perish. Let those who are left eat one another's flesh. Now, that's exactly what happened in 70 AD, or between 66 and 70 AD, the Jews in Jerusalem began eating each other because they're being starved out by the Romans. Josephus records this. It happened in Samaria when it fell in, in uh, five, uh in 720. It happened in Jerusalem in 586. It happened again in Jerusalem in 70 D. All those are recorded. A couple of them in the Bible. Let those who are left eat one another's flesh. Then I took my staff called favor and broke it, revoking the covenant I had made with all the nations. It was revoked on that day, and so the afflicted of the flock. Who were watching me knew it was the word of the Lord. Now again, we'll get into this more next week, but the, the afflicted of the flock are watching Zachariah, and they knew that it was the word of the Lord, or the Israelites watching his skit or listening to his word, or the people that heard Jesus act this out or do these things and saw him, you know, reject Israel, they knew this is the word of God. I told them, If you think it best, give me my pay but if not, keep it. So they paid me 30 pieces of silver, and the Lord said to me, throw it to the potter, the handsome price at which they pay- priced me. So I took the 30 pieces of silver and threw them into the house of the Lord to the potter. Now that, ha- that is exactly what takes place when Jesus is sold by Judas. Judas throws it into the Temple, and they go out and buy the potter's field to bury the people that don't have a place to be buried, the the underprivileged. So, all this is again very clearly prophetic. So, Jesus is done. Then I broke the second staff called union, breaking the brotherhood between Judah and Israel, and now they're off into captivity again. Remember, they just came back from captivity. In fact, we have a unified uh, nation because. Northern Israel, as you know, in five twenty-one, excuse me, seven twenty-one, was sold or dispersed into by the Assyrians. But many of them fled down to Judah, and so when they went into captivity by, with the Babylonians, all the tribes, representatives of all the tribes, went to Babylon. And when they came back, representatives of all the tribes came back. So when they came back in five thirty-nine, five thirty-eight, there was people from every tribe in Judah. And so when they were rebuilding here. All the, na- the whole nation is back in the line. Now, there's still na- Jews scattered around the world, but there are representatives there. But they will be scattered again in 70 AD, and so that union will be broken again uh, in 70 AD, breaking the brotherhood between Judah and Israel. Verse 15. Then the Lord said to me, Take again the equipment of a foolish shepherd. So Zechariah was there speaking or acting or getting hired As a uh, as Jesus, he was portraying Jesus again. He's either just speaking the words or he's acting out a skit like Ezekiel did. And the people are watching and learning from the skit. Or he's actually got a job, got went through the, you know, got the resume, got hired and is actually working as a shepherd. Well, that's all done. Either the, the speech or the play or the job is done. Now, he says, the Lord said to me, Now. We're done with the good shepherd. Take the equipment of a foolish shepherd, the Antichrist. For I am going to raise up a shepherd over the land who will not care for the lost or seek the young or heal the injured or feed the healthy, but will eat the meat of the choice sheep, tearing off the hooves. Woe to the worthless shepherd who deserts the flock may the sword strike his arm and his right eye may his arm be completely withered and his right eye totally blinded Uh, and that would be you know we mean paralyzed and nullified and that is again now another shepherd we had the 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 shepherds that were mourning the loss of the destruction of the land by the jordan we had the good shepherd that was rejected by the leadership was rejected even by the sheep that he was trying to help Well, he's done. Pay me my price. I'm done. Pay me my wages, and he's gone. Well, then here comes the false shepherd, uh, which would be the antichrist. So that's that's kind of what's happening in chapter 11. And I've gave you a quick overview, but understand there are 40 different. If you go through all the kind, I didn't go through all the commentaries. I've got four or five of them on this particular good conservative ones. But they they, they they recount all the other different commentators trying to explain these verses. There's 40 different ways of trying to break this down. And it begins with, are you going to be looking at this uh, metaphorically? Is this representing something? Okay, well then, which period of time? Is it something that's taking place around 518? Is it something that takes place after Alexander the Great, the Maccabean Revolt? Is it, when's it taking place? And then if it's actual like historical, like actual players, who are the people? And then what people are they? So there's a lot of room to play with this. And that's why they say this is uh, a, one of the most difficult verses uh, or sections to, to explain. I like verses 9, chapters 9 and 10 are, are very positive. They're, they're, uh, they're talking about the establishment of the Lord's kingdom that the nations will be overtaken, Judah will be secured, will live peacefully in the land. Well, that's the end. That's the hope. That's where this is heading. But before you get there, all right, you're going to lose. This, this land is going to be devastated. Open the doors because Lebanon is going to fall. Bashan is going to fall. The land of uh, J- the Jordan is going to fall. The shepherds are going to mourn. The lions are going to roar. They're, the trees, all the trees are falling. you got the cedars you've got the pines or the cypress you've got the oaks and those are all representative of something potentially all that's destroyed well why is verse 1 through 4 why is everything getting destroyed well look what they did to the good shepherd i'm going to send you the good shepherd take care of the flock get rid of the bad leadership and take over okay i got rid of the bad leadership i dealt with them on the temple mound now the people can come to me what you don't want me the way i am well, then I'm done with you too. I've, I've I've changed your leadership. I'm offering you the kingdom. You don't want it. Well, pay me my wages. I'm done here then, and hand you over to the false shepherd. And here comes the antichrist. First, they're going to be destroyed by Rome in 70 A.D. And we're just waiting now. We're in between, in a sense, verses one through four, where Rome destroys the land. Why? Because the verses that follow, the land rejected the good shepherd. Well, what's going to happen next? Well. We're going to raise up a bad shepherd for the people and get it all organized, and he'll be punished. And all that is the destruction and the negative that's going to come before the positive chapters 9 and 10. So, you got, in this other sense, it's not in a sense chronological, but it does make sense. Here's the hope of Israel. Here's where you're heading. All right? Now, before that happens, you're going to have to live through chapter 11. And you're going to have, it's going to be destroyed by Rome. Why? Because you're going to reject the good shepherd. And then, when the good shepherd walks away, there's going to be a false shepherd come in, but he'll be destroyed. And then, eventually, then all the promises will come true. So that's one way of looking at it. And again, I say that that's one way of interpreting it because there could be like you know I wouldn't agree if we laid out all forty of them. I think you probably would reject you know twenty five of them right off the bat because a lot of them would be you know too liberal or too wide open. All right. Um. Let's look at, on the notes here, on top of, on page 1.3, as we read through these first verses, mainly 1 through 4, we're going to get through 1 through 4, and a little bit into the Good Shepherd, I want to come back to this. My plan was to get all the way through this, but there's so many nice details in there, especially when you start seeing some of these verses used by the writers of the New Testament directly referring to Jesus, so you kind of got some sign markers there of saying okay this is what's taking place here which kind of gives you some freedom to kind of like build from there and insert some of the other events that are taking place but point 3 there are three trees that are mentioned the cedar the cypress or the pine is another translation and the oak uh there's three lands mentioned Lebanon Bashan or Bashan and the Jordan and two mourners in those first four verses The shepherds are mourning, and the lions are mourning. Uh, It would appear in chapters 9 and 10, speak of peace and blessing. Chapter 11 is is sin and punishment. Chapter 11 would occur before chapter 9 and 10 historically. And chapter 9 and 10 are prophecies of the promised eschatological future. Uh, This chapter includes three shepherds. I've got that written down. I've said that already. Verses 1 through 3 would be the wailing shepherds. Uh, 4 through 14 is the true shepherd. And then 15 through 17 is the uh, false shepherd. I should change this to verse 3. Is that right? Yes. Just like I ended last night talking about Matthew 12, Matthew 12, Matthew 12, and it was Matthew 15. So, yeah. I got all done. I thought, was I saying 12 the whole time? I was saying 12. And I was like... I even had it written on the board. I don't know if you saw I had it written right on the board, so I, I'd say it right. I might, I might have wrote it wrong. Okay. Well, that's why you've got a Bible. All right, here we go. Let's look at uh, the English Standard Version on page 1. These are those first th- uh, three verses. These could be, this is, again, the interpretation of these, verses 1 through 3. Do they go with Chapter 10? Like the overthrowing of the nations and the establishing of Israel so that now this is what's going to happen to those nations that are overthrown? Or is this talking about the results of, again, rejecting the the good shepherd? Uh, The best answer, I think, is, I think I got it written on the next page, point. uh, uh, Maybe I got it on the first page. Is that it's a hinge kind of between the two of them. I'll read it right here. Open your doors, O Lebanon. That's the land of Lebanon. So open just like where Alexander the Great came in from, now open your doors, O Lebanon, the country, that'd be Phoenicia, that the fire may devour your cedars. Now, we're talking about the land, but I'm going to show you some verses. The temple, and I'll just show you these. I don't want to spend a lot of time on it. The temple and the palace are both referred to as the forest of Lebanon because of so many cedars were cut down and put in the temple in fact in the Jerusalem book that we just got handed out I've got a couple pictures of some cedar logs that were from Lebanon that were on the temple mount uh before they and, and they're being burnt trying to destroy the evidence some of them are still in the 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 uh ceiling of the Al-Aqsa mosque on the south side of the temple that during certain earthquakes and stuff they've seen them in the past and they've got they're they're ancient they're from the land of lebanon and they're from some have been dated from the days of solomon many of them been dated from the days of uh of the new testament and then you know when everything gets burnt not everything gets burnt the place is destroyed but you ever seen like a burnt house there's still boards that are left in the walls it's burnt but there's still you could still take some wood out especially big cedar beams the temples burnt down but there may be some you know scavenging you can go on and what they've done after the destruction they apparently have reused this building material we know they've reused the blocks because we can see the the blocks from ancient buildings in you know I don't want to say modern buildings but more uh uh recent ones in history so uh these cedars this could be a direct reference open your doors o lebanon they can be talking about Lebanon. Alexander marches in from the north, for example, or anybody marches in from the north and invading Israel. But it may be that fire may devour your cedars. That may, and several commentators say, that may be a direct reference to open your doors. We're going to burn down the palace, and we're going to burn down the temple. And that's what takes place in 586. But that's already historical by 518, or whenever this is being written after 518. 518 but yet rome is going to do it this is most likely talking about roman destruction then wail o cypress for the cedar has fallen now the cypress also pine depending on your translation uh, why would the pine or the cypress wail well the cedars have fallen and if the cedars are going down well the pine trees aren't going to be much longer before they're taken down also for the glorious trees are ruined. The glorious trees of the cedar are ruined, so the pines or the cypress are nixed. Then wail oaks of Bashan, for the thick forest has been felled. Now just real quick, one interpretation of this. If you, go to, if you tie this into chapter 10 is they're talking about Israel being restored and there's going to be people all around. They can't even get everybody into the land. They're going to settle in Lebanon. They're going to settle in Bashan. They're going to settle in these places. Well, some say, and again, you don't just want to throw it out, that this is clearing of the land to build houses for the the exiles that are returning. So eschatologically, everybody's coming back. You can't even get in the land, so they're settling in the lands around Israel which are the forest lands. Well, there's no place for people. So cut down the forest and build homes so that people can live outside the land of Israel. That's, that's a legitimate interpretation of it. Uh, does, is that the way this is flowing? So that would tie it definitely into chapter 10 as being positive. We're, we're deforesting this place and we're building residences. We're building homes. Or is this more like Judgment? because of rejecting the good shepherd see that's that's what it's like what i'm saying it's like well what's the right answer well i'm gonna i'm gonna go ahead and say it's talking about the rejecting the good shepherd but it could just as well be the end of chapter 10 this is what's going to take place the fact that it's talking about wailing it gives you the impression it's judgment you know the the shepherds uh, they should have been paid for the land you know they should be rejoicing they sold their land and sold the sheep and they're prospering uh, but they're wailing because and the lions are wailing okay the whale oaks of the bashan for the thick forest has been felled the positive would be well for building space for the exiles returning the negative this is judgment and this is rome coming in in 66 ad sweeping through the land in judgment because you've rejected the messiah the sound of the wail of the shepherds for their glory is ruined the sound of the roar of lions for the thicket of the jordan is ruined uh, and I just write there. Lebanon was famous for the cedars. You know that. And if you look on page two now, uh, I would like to go through and read these verses for you. Uh, but these are all references to uh, the the forest of Lebanon. Even the temple was called, or the palace was called, the forest of Lebanon, because that's where uh, the cedars were at. They came out of Lebanon, and they were in the building. And so. It was like we we go back and look at the remains of these ancient buildings, and we see stones. Like I've said before, just like we look in the basement here, we see you know the poured concrete walls. Well, they would build with with blocks and stones, but then they would cover them up with panels. I mean, not sheetrock. We do we use sheetrock and we paint it. We put some texture on it that looks nice. But what would be nicer, sheetrock, or you're gonna just cut panels from these huge cedar trees and then in the temple for example they carved trees in it and they carved cherubim in it and the pomegranates and so when you would walk in you just didn't have stones of the temple you had wood paneling and you just didn't have wood paneling the cedars of lebanon it was all carved it was like engraved it was like detailed the best artwork best woodwork hand carved paneling uh was and that's why when they you, you go back sometimes and you look at ruins, you look at pictures and think they burnt, burnt Jerusalem, they burnt the temple. How can you burn the temple? It's rock. Well, it's paneled. I mean, it, it's, it, it's paneled with all this wood, the wood of Lebanon. And when it goes up in flames, it's burning the wood. And you can even see on the south side, and it's in the book, Jerusalem, on the south wall in the Herodian stones that were there in Jesus' time in the New Testament, you can see Little arches along the south wall. Like if this is the the stones right here of the of the of the wall, you can see arches like this burned in, and that the the land that it's on the on the hill going down on Ophel. The hill's going down, but this was the the stones, but they would build out, and this would be shops that were here. So, when these shops burnt, they, 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 cut, they burnt into the stone, and you can actually see gru- arches where the stone has been burnt away, and they just kind of sloped going down the offal like this. I've got a picture of it. And you can see clearly where the shops, because people would walk on this sidewalk, this road, and they'd have little shops there on the south, it's the southeast corner of the Temple Mount. And so that would burn. Uh, but it, it would sometimes mar the stone, nonetheless. Uh, these are references, even the rabbis in the Talmud, you know, that's the explanation of the Old Testament they, and the rules that they added to it, say the cedars represent the temple and the royal palace. So in the, in the, their own commentary on these verses, the rabbis, when it says cedars, they're saying that is a reference to the temple being burnt and the palace being burnt uh in 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 uh the roman destruction uh other trees could refer to other kings of the other lands they also fell when rome came through shepherds and lions would refer to the rulers and the leaders of the people of judah uh, and that's an easy one shepherds is always a reference to leaders the lions it sounds like an animal in the in the in the in the account but those could be the lions of judah those could be part of the royalty leading the flocks and animals then that were being led by the shepherds uh, represent the people cared for by the leaders. Uh, and as we go through here, what we're going to see is they're going to take the uh, the the sheep, the middle class again, are going to be sold by the elite or the leaders of the land are going to be sold to the foreign leaders invading the land. They're going to be they're going to be a, this elite are giving. Uh, They're getting benefits from the foreign rulers and the middle class is suffering. I, I mean, I don't want to become real political, but it's no different than what you're facing today when you see billions of dollars being shipped around the world from a country like us that has no money. And we're taking money. It's like, where is this money coming from? It's like, but the elites are, they're just sending this money. It's coming from the sheep that are being fleeced The money's being sent, the people are being sold off to foreign powers, and there's some kind of deal. That's exactly what was going on in these verses. And that's where it says, uh, verse 4, this is what the Lord my God says, pass the flock marked for slaughter. Their buyers slaughter them and go unpunished. Those who sell them say, praise the Lord, I am rich. That's the NIV. And that is exactly what's taking place here. Uh, The shepherds are the ones that are going to end up being judged. Um, So that takes us down to chapter 11, verse 4, and now we're going to start looking at just a few verses here tonight, and then we'll (coughs) come back next week and hopefully well, make more progress. So chapter 11, verse 4, on page 2 in the English Standard Version, because of the uh, destruction of either the land by the Romans or figuratively the temple and all of the, the buildings in Jerusalem being overthrown by the, the Romans and why are they being overthrown because the people and the leadership rejected the messiah that we're about to talk about so chapter 11 verse 4 thus says the lord my god now this is god speaking to zechariah and he says become a shepherd of or become shepherd of the flock doomed to slaughter so if you will allow me i we can see the words right there and you should be thinking But if we are in 30 AD and the destruction is going to come in 70 AD and this is being spoken to Zechariah around 518 BC and he's already talked in chapter 9 and 10 about the eschatological age and the, the kingdom age and how good it's going to be. Hope, there's hope, there's a promise. But before you get to the promise you're going to have to go through this time period between 518 or whenever this is being written, which is close to 518 B.C., and the promises of chapter 9 and 10, you're going to have to go through this dark period uh, that's not necessarily the tribulation. It's, it's, it includes the good shepherd. So it includes Jesus coming and being the Messiah. So this, would, in a sense, would be this, this dark period that's being identified here. Thus says the Lord my God, become shepherd of the flock doomed to slaughter. Now who's the flock doomed to slaughter? It would be Israel that is in the fourth generation. Jesus is going to come try to save them from the fourth generation. Like Jeremiah tried to save the people from their fourth generation. And Israel is going to reject Jesus. And so they're marked for slaughter. So uh, Zechariah is told... Uh, become shepherd of the flock doomed to slaughter. Now again, like I said, what Jar- Zachariah is going to do here? He's either going to act out a play, or he's actually going to get hired and there's this this flock that is going to be sold to the market, and he's going to shepherd them until they're sold to the market. I and mean, he's actually in real time in five eighteen. He's working as a shepherd, or he's simply going to be speaking the words that the Messiah will be speaking in in 30 A.D. when Jesus gets here this is what his assignment is Jesus the Lord would say in 30 A.D. become shepherd of the flock doomed to slaughter these people are in the fourth generation they're going to the slaughter there won't be one stone left upon another but you shepherd them and that's exactly what Jesus did Remember the parable? Uh, the, the, the owner of the field came and says, this, this tree has not produced for three seasons or three generations. First, second, third generation. No fruit. Cut it down. The man who's working in the vineyard says, give me one more season, one more generation, 30 to 70 A.D. Let me water it. Let me fertilize it. See if we can get something to go. If not, then we'll cut it down. And that's, this is the same thing. Pasture the flock Marked for slaughter. This tree is getting cut down. You want to work with it? Go ahead. I'm cutting it down. But if you can get something to happen, good. So Jesus, being spoken of here as Zechariah, going to be the, the, either just saying the words or acting it out or actually doing it is a job, is going to start working with this flock that's already marked for slaughter. You're going to the market. Um, Thus my Lord... Thus said the Lord my God, Become shepherd of the flock, doomed to slaughter. Chapter 11, verse 5. Those who buy them, slaughter them, and go unpunished. So now the sheep are not selling themselves. Somebody has the sheep, and they're selling the sheep to somebody who's going to slaughter them. So you've got sheep, you've got the owners of the sheep, and you've got the slaughters of the sheep. If you play this out in society, the sheep would be the middle class, the people that are just under you know, the government, eventually going to be called the oppressed. But there's the elite of the government that is over them, the leaders, the shepherds that are over them. They're not slaughtering them and eating them, but they're saying, hey, we'll sell them to you, and you can slaughter them. So you're going to have certain Jews trying to cooperate with Rome or whatever the political powers that be, you can have, we'll tax these people into the ground, or whatever, and you can have the money, and we'll take a cut. So this is what we're farming these people. So the elite are farming the people, selling the produce to another government, or another Gentile power, but they're getting a cut. I don't know if that sounds familiar to you right now, if that explains some of the things you read in the news or not, like stop weemers and just keep talking right here about the bible but it's like what goes around comes around and that would put us in the fourth generation but nonetheless those who buy them slaughter them and go unpunished and those who sell them say bless the lord i've become rich you're selling your people for a profit but you look at each other and say you know the lord has really been blessing us it's like you're like selling people Yeah, but the Lord is good to us. That's called using the Lord's name in vain. And everybody's going to be following the Lord. And their own shepherds, their own leaders, have no pity on them. So are we talking about Zechariah actually watching sheep? Could be. But it's all an act, or it's a play, to present something larger. Or he could just be, the Lord says to me, and he repeats what the Lord says, and then he says what jesus says or says what jesus would do or he doesn't know him as jesus he knows him as the coming king Uh, now one thing about this and you can see i've got it circled for you uh you got to read it backwards the hebrew there whose owners them slaughter and no feel guilt them sell who those are say bless be yahweh for i am rich and their shepherds not do pity them now i've got it circled it says third feminine pronoun you see right there or plural third feminine plural the thems are third person obviously talk about pronouns here we are they're feminine and they're plural so them it's the sheep are The sheep are referred to as female, which means they are used. One commentator was saying used. They're for breeding. They're not for butcher. These sheep, these the pronoun them, the plural, they're not supposed to be butchered. They're supposed to be bred to produce more sheep. But they are not breeding the sheep like they're supposed to be we'll just we're not there's no future here if you're breeding you're planning for the future we're not planning for the future we're just going to sell them off for profit today you're selling the the female lambs the, the she the, you're not what about tomorrow there's no tomorrow we're cashing in today that's fourth generation material right there so you may say you may look at america and say well, that's that's a stupid decision. Why don't we close the border? Why do we keep sending money over there? Why are we doing this to our education system? I mean, the kids are more be, more interested in TikTok than they are a future. Doesn't matter. There's no future. We're selling you off. Yeah, but we're supposed to be a, we're preparing the next generation. We're not. We're selling them. So you've got you you feel the tension even in public schools. It's like, are we preparing the next generation? Well, I I thought we were, but then you look around. It's like, no, we're not. We're selling them, but this is the future. Oh no, that's the future, and that's exactly what this verse is saying: is uh, those who buy them females slaughter them females and go unpunished and those who sell them say blessed be yahweh i've become rich i'm having my best life now and their own shepherds their female own shepherds have no pity on them females because they're butchering the future for now because we're getting rich now again you can flip that around if you had the opportunity to be crazy rich right now would you sell somebody else's future for you to become crazy rich well, I've never had that opportunity, uh, but before I become real judgmental, if I was in a governmental position and had the chance to sell you off out and, and get some crazy profits and move in with another, you know, the future, the world, new world order, what would I do? It's like, well, sorry, you should have ran for office. Again, like, I'm not saying that's what I would do, but it's like, you know, it's not like it's not always them versus us. It's like we've all got a sin nature. They've just got a place where they can abuse it like that again i would hope that i would not be like that but uh, anyway Uh, one underneath the butchers were foreign powers and the sellers were the jewish leadership and the sheep were the middle class and that's why chapter 11 verse 16 for i will no longer have pity on the inhabitants of this land declares the lord now he's actually upset with the people of israel they've all gone astray so this is where the, this is the kicker that comes back. It's like if it wasn't for the Democrats or if it wasn't for the Republicans, if it wasn't for our leadership, we would be fine. That's not what God says here. For I'll no longer have pity on the inhabitants of this land. I'll no longer have pity on the middle class. Because the middle class is not interested in me either. So I'll use their leadership. Now the leaders are going to be responsible for their sin. And those who slaughter them are going to be responsible for their sin. But the reason they're even going to a chance to commit the sin is is the people that the Lord is trying to reach are saying, we're not interested. We're not interested. It's like, because we say, why is this happening to America? Well, it's not because Trump was elected or because Biden's elected. Trump or Biden, whoever your political affiliations are, that's all happening because of us, of of, of the society, of the church, of the salt of the earth. We have like, well, bless God, I'm, I'm righteous. It's like... Then you go back and you look, are, as a culture, are we really, right, we're trying to be, I'm trying to be, but as a culture, uh, even the, are the, the people, it wasn't just the religious leaders that rejected Jesus, the people rejected Jesus. Think about the, the John chapter 6, he wanted to teach them that he was the bread of life. Yeah, 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 can we have breakfast? I mean, he, 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 he multiplied the bread, we've talked about this, John chapter 6, he multiplied the bread. And they came back, and he goes, the next day he came back, he goes, he says, you're not seeking me because of a sign. I gave you a sign. If you say, how did he do it? Who is this man? And he could say, I am the bread of life. If I can multiply bread, just think what I can do for you for eternity. They go, yeah, well, whatever. Can we have breakfast? He, and it's like, then it escalated to the large groups were leaving him because it's like, he's saying all these crazy things like he's, the bread of life and eat his flesh and drink his blood it's like and it wasn't just the religious leaders that rejected jesus the the middle class rejected jesus oh oh, if they he was healing them or he was feeding them it's like oh this is great but when he got down to okay now let me talk to you about what would you pay attention it's like no, no no we want more food we want more healing we want more signs and wonders it's like okay we're done here for I will no longer have pity on the inhabitants of this land. And that is why verse 5 is happening. God says, I am done with these people, declares the Lord. Behold, I will cause each of them to fall into the hand of his neighbor. Now, it's not just the leadership selling them to the foreign powers. These people are going to be falling into each other's hands. They're going to have this crime. They're going to start have crime. You're, there. You're not safe anywhere fall into his hand of his neighbor and each into the hand of his king and they shall crush the land and I will deliver none from their hand. And that is 70 A.D. And that's why Jesus in 30 A.D. He could make all these bold statements. There's not going to be one stone left upon another. Don't cry for me. Cry for yourselves and your children. He says, if you knew what was coming, he says, you're going to see all these things in this generation. This is... Uh, I'm thinking again. Like I said, there's several ways of putting this together. I'm putting it right here in this section right there. And the, and the crazy thing is, when this is all done, we haven't even got to the Antichrist yet. I mean, there's still now. You still have the false shepherd. You're going to reject the good shepherd, and all this destruction is going to come. Yeah, well, where's the Antichrist? Oh, he's not even here yet. You've got to go through all of this destruction, and then to get back, you're going to have to face the Antichrist. And accept him and have him beat on you for a while, and then you'll realize oh, we rejected the Messiah. So we're not even done with We're not even done with this chapter. Well, now if you're all millennial, seventy A.D. finished everything. It's it's over. It's done. We're done. It's it's all fulfilled. If you're futurist or premillennial, like I would be, uh, this has happened. But there's some things yet hanging in the future that we've got to go through to get to. Chapters 9 and 10 of Zechariah. Okay. Uh, Chapter 11, verse 6. For I will no longer have pity on the inhabitants of this land, declares the Lord. Behold, I will cause each of them to fall into the hand of his neighbor and each into the hand of his king, and they shall crush the land, and I will deliver none of them from their hand. Their hand would probably be the Romans. So I became the shepherd of the flock, doomed to be slaughtered. So Jesus, let me not cross Jesus' name off there. Jesus, in 30 A.D., he became shepherd of the flock, doomed to destruction. Now, he's going to do everything he can. There's going to be some people come out and follow him. But Israel is doomed to destruction. In in 30 A.D., they're doomed. So I became shepherd of the flock, doomed to to be slaughtered, by the sheep traders and i took two staves, one named favor and the other named union and i tended the sheep so he's going to two staves, favor and union so he's going to bring back as a shepherd and a shepherd would have uh two items he would have a a club To beat off the enemy, he would have a staff with a hook to reach the sheep and rescue them from their places. So the shepherd here, the good shepherd, and he's pasturing or shepherding the flock marked for slaughter. He knows it's, he's not going, there's nowhere in here, maybe I can save them from slaughter. No, they've been marked by God. There's a mark on them. You will perish in 70 A.D. But Jesus is going to come and try to do the work that he can. But in a sense, it's, it can't. They're already marked for slaughter. The two staffs favor. Uh, now, again, I have this point one, so Zechariah now acts this out. Zachariah is either simply saying this, the words that Christ will, he won't say this, but he's saying the words that Christ is going to be acting out in his ministry. Or Zachariah is doing a play like Ezekiel or Zachariah actually has a job. In a moment he's going to fire some people from the job because they're not any good. So it actually gives sometimes you see that he maybe has an actual job that he's actually a shepherd, but uh, the two staffs turn the page favor top of page 3 it means pleasantness or graciousness. So favor we'll just say grace or graciousness, favor and union means binders or unifiers. So again, Unify. So he's going to mark, pasture them, the flock mark for slaughter, with grace, with favor. I'm going, to, I'm going to, based on himself, he's going to show them good things and try and bring unity, union, bring them together with him and God's plan. Chapter 11, verse 8. Now watch this, and I've got to wrap it up. In one month, I destroyed the three shepherds. But I became impatient with them, and they also detested me. So in one month I destroyed the three shepherds. Now who are these three shepherds? Now, if you're Zachariah in five eighteen, acting this out, maybe you got hired, got the job, and you're working with these other, you know, hired hands, and it's like, You're no good, you're no good, you're no good, and you fired them, and you try to put an you put an ad in the paper, I got to get some help out here with the sheep, if that's Zachariah. It's, if that's even the case. Otherwise, he's just acting it out or he's speaking out. And if he's speaking it out, which he, at some point he is, he's talking about Jesus. Now, what is this one month? Again, who knows? Who knows what the one month is? Who are the three shepherds? And uh, he's impatient with them. Who's he impatient with? They also detest me. Now, are the three shepherds, it appears that there are three shepherds that got fired. And he's doing it because they're not treating the sheep right. But he fires the three shepherds, and who becomes impatient with him? The sheep that he's trying to pasture. They also detested me. I, I fired their leadership? Now, I'll take care of you. What? You don't like me either? It's like, well, now what do I do? And that is, that's Jesus' ministry right there. That one month, again, if you want to read it this way, I'm attracted to this idea. One month is Jesus' last month of ministry. He leaves Caesarea Philippi, and comes down and spends a month around Jerusalem. That's where he, he comes in and they're going to try to kill him. He goes away. He's got to come back and raise Lazarus from the dead. Then he comes back for the last week. Comes in through Jericho. Uh, and and, and uh, uh, goes through all the debates on the Temple Mount. And he fires the three shepherds. Now we'll talk more about this next week. But those, those three shepherds, if you remember, that basically you've got the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and the scribes. Or you've got the, the priest the scribes, uh, the religious leaders. You, there's something. You could have the, the government, the Herodians. You could have the Pharisees, which would be the scribes. You could have the Sadducees, the priests. So the Herodians would be the, those who supported the Herodian government set up by Rome. The Pharisees would be the scribes, the Bible students. The Sadducees would be the priests. So the government, the scribes, and the priesthood, he, he fires all three of them. You're no good. And he defeats them. The last week on the temple. Matthew makes it very clear. They're defeated. And then the Herodians came. He defeated them. Then the Sadducees came. And he defeated them. No one's left. They all went away silently. Then he asked them a question. You remember the question he asked them. Uh, David calls his son Lord. If the Messiah is the son of David, why would he call him God? And they all looked at each other. We don't know. He said, well, if you did, he didn't say it, but if you did, you wouldn't be arguing with me because I'm the son of David and I'm God. Uh, I'm Emmanuel. And they couldn't, they couldn't figure it out. So they, they asked him a question. He asked, answered the Sadducees. They asked him a question, the Pharisees and Herodians. He answered that. Answers all three accusations and asked them a question, which anybody that's been studying Bible could respond to. They couldn't figure it out. So he fires, you're fired, you're fired, you're fired. Now the sheep, I'll take care of the sheep. But the sheep, they detested him. It's like, what? Well, of course they did because they're marked for, the the problem, once again, the problem wasn't the leadership. The problem was the hearts of the masses. They wanted food. They wanted all the things of this world. And so God gave them bad leadership. You can see he puts the bad leadership in place because I've marked them for slaughter. I'll give them bad leadership. They'll be sold into slavery or into the market jesus fires the leadership says i'll take care of it and they detest him too and so this is setting up the stage and so i'll just read the rest of these verses and i'll quit so i said so i said i will not be your shepherd what is to die let it die What is to be destroyed? Let it be destroyed. And let those who are left devour the flesh of one another. That is straight up 70 AD. That's Jesus on his way to the cross. Don't cry for me. Cry for yourselves and your children. There's not going to be one stone left upon another. Let the dead, let those who are going to die, die. Let those who are going to be destroyed, be destroyed. And you're going to end up eating each other's flesh. And Josephus records in his writings, that's exactly what they did. They were eating each other. So we go through the stories. Uh, because they're starving that happened in 586 in jerusalem uh, during babylonian and it happened when samaria falls in 722 the bible records people eating flesh from babies and things uh in the bible in when samaria fell so 722 586 70 ad they will devour the flesh of one another i wonder what that can mean now you can metaphor make that a metaphor if you want to but we don't have to because that's what they did because there's no food And I took my staff favor and broke it, annulling the covenant that I had made with all the peoples. That's over. You're no longer my chosen people. That's that's Hosea. So So it was annulled on that day. The covenant that he made with them, you're not my people. And the sheep traders who were watching me knew that it was the word of the Lord. When the sheep traders could sell the sheep, they realized God has sold these people because you could not sell the people of God if God hadn't already sold them. And they knew this was the word of God. Then I said to them, if it seems good to you, give me my wages. If not, keep them. I don't care. I added that. I don't care. And they weighed out my wages, 30 pieces of silver. Then the Lord said to me, throw it to the potter the lordly price at which I was priced at by them. It's, it's, it's the price of a, again, we'll talk about it. That's the price of a slave. It's not the price of a good shepherd. It's like, you're, you're, really, you're going to give me 30 pieces of silver. That's the price for a low-life slave. And you, give it to the potter, the lowly, lordly price at which I was priced by them. So I took the 30 pieces of silver and threw them into the house of the Lord to the potter. Then I broke my second staff, Union, annulling the brotherhood between Judah and Israel. Any hope you had of working together, he breaks it, and they're scattered again. And now they're dispersed again, 70 A.D. And that's where, again, we'll pick them up in the tribulation when God brings them back. Just in time for, chapter 11, verse 15. Then the Lord said to me, Take once more the equipment of a foolish shepherd. So now Zachariah, who's acting the part of Jesus, now... Gets on the garments of a foolish shepherd. Now, what that looked like, had a little clown hat on, had a little red nose, I don't know. Uh, Take the equipment of a foolish shepherd. For behold, I am raising up in the land a shepherd. Notice, in the land a shepherd is coming out of the land a shepherd. Again, that could be a key for who the Antichrist is. Again, you've got to put that with everything else. But there it says, I am raising up in the land a shepherd who does not care for those being destroyed. He's not here for the sheep, or seek the young, or heal the maimed, or nourish the healthy, but devours the flesh of the fat ones, tearing off even the hoofs. In other words, every last little bit that he can put in a market. I mean, that's where they make hot dogs from. The stuff that's ground up, laying on the floor, they grind it up. What's that? That's a hoof. We'll grind it up, make it into a hot dog. I, I've added that part too. I'm not sure. I'm not a hot dog expert. Then verse chapter 11, verse 17. Woe to my worthless shepherd. In that interesting, my worthless shepherd. Because God is going to put the worthless shepherd there. Who deserts the flock. May the sword strike. Now this again, prophecy about the Antichrist. May the, Potentially, may, if this is the Antichrist. May the sword strike his arm and his right eye. Let his arm be wholly withered and his right eye utterly blind. That would be his strength and his wisdom his strength and his wisdom is going to be taken away utterly destroyed and that is going to be the fate of the worthless shepherd. not much information there about the worthless shepherd we'll get back on that next week and clean that up and again you are free to think because i presented a a decent interpretation but there's 39 other ones that try to weave this thing together and i've got it pretty set in time see i've got i've got i've placed it in time but if you change the time, if you change it from metaphors, uh, you know you change a few pieces, that whole thing goes a different direction. So I'll pray, and then we're free to go. I appreciate you being here. Father, do thank you for the chance to look into your word. We thank you for these words of prophecy, these words of advice that we ask that we would apply them to our own lives, that we would seek you, that we would not be those who reject the true shepherd, but we would search after you, that we would seek you, and I know that we will find what we're searching for because your spirit will continue to lead us. We do ask that you would show mercy to our nation for those that are searching for you, that they may find you in the time that we've got left. And again, we look forward to the day that we unite again in the kingdom of God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for being here.